All right, welcome along to the first RT Soccer Podcast of 2023. Raf Giallo here, first time back since the World Cup final and in time for the start of the new League of Ireland season. We'll be looking ahead to the Premier Division and First Divisions today, which both get underway on Friday, including a live game on RT2 and RT Player at 7.30 between Cork City and Bohemians. And to look ahead to the new season, I'm joined by two past winners of the League of Ireland, former Cork City defender Neil Horgan and ex-St. Pats and Shelburne midfielder Conan Byrne. How are you both? Great, Ralph. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, Conan, just as we were uh, saying before I hit record, you know, it has actually been a full three months since the since the Cup final, but maybe it's the World Cup effect, but it just feels like this has come around very, very quickly. Yeah, and usually you're waiting waiting for the League of Ireland season to start uh, in anticipation. Not that I'm not. I'm really looking forward to this weekend's fixtures. Um, I think the big one, obviously, is the live on telly game. Cork v. Bow is going to be an electric atmosphere down at Turner's Cross, like it always is. But when a team has been down the doldrums of the first division and to come back up, it's going to be a, some atmosphere and then Turner's Cross on Friday night. So really looking forward to that. Obviously, Derry Pats is a big game as well. Um, looking forward to that game. And just the whole season, really, to see what's what's going to happen um, and how it's going to all play out. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll get both of your predictions uh, towards the end anyway, and we won't hold you to account because I never look back on these <laughs> first podcasts when they're done. So you don't, you don't need people to worry. do that. <laughs> I should, yeah, but I I, uh, I tend to look. Uh, you know, the past is the past, and the future well, is the future. Last That's... year, I was I was spot on. Last year, if you check it, I, I'm telling you. Now. <laughs> uh, which which this was Cork City coming back? Yeah, up. top three and the bottom three in the Premier Division, top three in the First Division. I was watching it all year then, like, but uh, yeah. I, I will. The, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll make a point of sourcing that clip, and uh, we'll put we'll put it out again <laughs> for for your benefit. But anyway, uh, let's start with the TV game that uh, Conan mentioned there. So of course, uh, Cork City back in the Premier Division and hosting Bohemians live on Friday. RT two and the RT player uh, seven thirty and seven forty five PM kickoff for that, and it's going to be one of an increased eighteen league fixtures that we have on RT television this season. Neil, um, as you said, you got the prediction right about uh, Cork City coming back up, and they're buoyant in other ways as well that you would have talked about last season there was of course the ownership situation with Grovemore that hadn't been settled uh the last time I think I was talking to you that has since been changed with Dermot Usher coming in as owner it's a very young squad but settled as well um but they do have the Turner's cross backing as well that we would have seen last season so with all that what's your expectation for them this season well I think we have to kind of measure our expectations this year like uh, in fairness the Cork City crowd generally be wise enough to know that you're going back into a Premier Division that's stocked with I suppose experienced Premier Division players especially the top end of the table I, I don't see us going anywhere near the top end of the table really we'd be doing well really to go mid-table in my view um, which he, he might do you know um, Colin Colin and his team um, but there is a huge I suppose um, positivity around the club at the moment with the new takeover, which got them out of a kind of quandary they were in with, with Preston, which wasn't ideal at the time, or, or Grove more uh, the owners of, of Preston. Um, and they're out of that now. Dermot Usher has come in. He looks very keen. Um, he, he, you know, he's, he's definitely been involved in, in the, on the media side of it. And, and with, you know, you can see him, he's, he's, he seems to be doing a lot of work, even to the ground. I've heard there's been work done, which would be good to see um, in terms of uh, the facilities and stuff like that. But apart from that, he's met all the, coaches and managers you can see it he's gone all the women's uh, side of the, uh, the club he's he's put a big emphasis on and so someone who's who's putting himself out there to that regard i suppose it's all only a positive sign 
uh, signs all around. Um, but in terms of our expectations, I, I would just, you know, I, I, I myself, I went up with Cork City one time in, in, back 10 or 15 years ago now, and um, we did well to finish sixth on the year that we came back in. And I think something like that, or even just avoiding relegation really would be good enough for me this year, you know. Yeah, and Colin, I suppose what we would have seen last season in terms of the, how the breakdown of the league and where clubs were, obviously Shamrock Rovers towards the top, there's a chasing pack at Derry City who are probably going to be closer this season, as we'll talk about later on. Um, and then you've Pats and Dundalk kind of close. And then you have a bunch of clubs in the middle. And then last season would have been Finn Harps and UCD sort of eking it out on their own at the bottom. No Finn Harps this season. So in terms of what uh, Neil's saying then there about Cork City, where do you see them sort of, where do you feel they're going to be battling? Is it sort of the middle pack or um, is there a danger maybe with a young squad they could be uh, closer to that battle where we would expect UCD to be? Yeah, I just think, excuse me, I think with UCD, with them losing so many attacking players with the likes of Dylan Duffy, obviously Liam Kerrigan left left through the middle of last year, um, Thomas Lonergan up front, Colin Whelan, like that's a lot of firepower that you're going to be missing at, at, the, at, the, at the bottom end of the Premier Division and I was talking to Andy Myler actually he made a point of coming over to me at the uh, at the playoff game against Waterford which they which they won to say um you got your prediction wrong Conan um because I I said anyone that finishes below them will, will be relegated um but I have to say I have to say the same thing again this year I think if anyone finishes below UCD they'd be gone um and with Cork I can just see them being a little bit ex- more experienced and then as with the with the crowd at a at Turner's Cross, it's like and for anybody that doesn't that has never played there as a footballer, it's a very difficult place to go. Um, with that unbelievable support behind them. And the only problem that I probably would have is like two two positions in the on the court pitch, probably the goalkeeping position where David Harrington has left to go to Fleetwood and they've signed the the, the new goalkeeper um Olaway mm-hmm. um from Celtic. So it's just gonna be interesting to see how he does. And then the attacking threat as well. Um, they've brought in Tunde Olabi, obviously. Um, Ethan Varian from Cork on loan from Bowles. Going to be very interesting to see how he gets on. Daniel Kresic doesn't score enough goals. He was with Degfors last year. Ten appearances, didn't score. Um, but then the two lads, Rory Keaton and Keane Murphy, who've done really, really well last year in the first division. But as I keep saying, there's a big, huge step up between the between the first division and the premier division. And if you... And I think if if Colin Heaney does a similar job to what Damien Duff did at Shelburne last year and keeping them in the division, I think it'll be a marvellous, marvellous job. Yeah, let's listen to Colin Healy. Um, he was at the launch last week of the, the League of Ireland, which happened at Dublin City Dublin City Hall. I was there as well, but he was chatting to Damien O'Mara as well. And in this particular clip, he's talking about the future for the fan-owned clubs. Obviously, they've moved on from Forest down uh, down in Cork. And obviously, as has been said, Dermot Usher's come in as owner. So he's, he just kind of outlines that and the challenge for other clubs. Obviously, there will be focus on the new ownership. And Forest have done so much keep this club going we look at something like bohemians fan owns clubs in reality is that sustainable in the long run for for fans to be at the driving force in terms of the running of a club or with the the money that's now increasingly in the league you know do do you need someone to come in and drive it forward um like for the job that they've done is is, it's unbelievable you know the the work that they've done you know when i came in in the first year as manager um where we were then and now is it's it's unbelievable. It, it, it's 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 gone from strength to strength. But with the support coming in as well, with the fans coming in, it has helped us so much financially. You know, can it can 
allow us to attract better players, obviously, obviously higher wages and that's happened. But I think where the likes of Derry and Rovers are, they're kicking on to another level. If you want to keep them, yes, I would think that you, 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 need, you need a backer in. That's just my opinion on it because I think the league is getting stronger and stronger. I think fans don't, they can only take it to a certain point, you know. So, um, and they've been fantastic doing it. Listen, we got us back to the Premier League. There's a lot of work done behind the scenes, and um, we're back there because of all the work that they've done. All right, so that is Cork City manager Colin Healy speaking to Damien Amara of RT Sport last week at the launch, and uh, he's fairly realistic there about the challenge, Neil, as you kind of outlined at the beginning. Um, as he says, the likes of Shamrock Rovers and Derry City, who have that sort of extra investment, I mean, they're I suppose they're pushing things along at the very very top. It is it's going to be very challenging for other I suppose ownership models to uh, to follow suit. Yeah, look, I, I suppose I've been fairly honest about my um, priority all along would, would be that there would be some, some element of fans' ownership um, involved. It, that's not the case. Um, I suppose the, the Grovemoor situation really took precedence over uh, allowing the fans in, I suppose, in priority. We had a problem in that Grovemoor came in, took a call option that they decided against taking on. At that point in time, I was raising the issue that I, I didn't understand why the fans who had taken over the club, who had you know saved the club really from 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 a debt, I suppose, um, weren't you know given even ten percent or you know a, a talk in respect of that. Then when um, Usher comes in now, it seemed that 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 part of the conversation is gone, um, and and so be it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I, for me. I'm just happy we're out of the quandary we were in, where we, it felt like. Grove more were there and, and they didn't want us and you know we were stuck in a, a call option situation so I, I, I'm a, in agreement in general with Colin I, I think you do need the, the backing of a, a financially of you know someone and, and, and Dermot Usher could be that person you know um, to bring it on but I suppose Shamrock Rovers have uh, I understand you know a fans element to, to their, their ownership structure you know uh, um, other clubs do Bohemians obviously do and I, that would have been my priority but look to, to be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to see Dermot Usher come in, uh, given the, the the good vibes he's he's providing throughout the club and the city at the moment. Yeah, and speaking of Bohemians, of course, who do play Cork City in that opening uh, week of action, Conan, they've done a lot of work, I think, as well documented off the pitch in terms of club culture. And uh, the thing now, of course, after a very difficult transitional season last year, which saw the, the end of Keith uh, Long's tenure, is to try and get that back on the pitch. Obviously, Keith Buckley coming back as captain is probably one element of that. I uh, was chatting to him just on the way out at uh, City Hall last week as well. And I think he's kind of conscious of that. It's something he'd said. Um, it's something Declan Devine had also mentioned in the, in the statement when, uh, he, when he confirmed that Buckley was coming back. There's a few changes there, Conan, I suppose, with Pat Fennan also coming back as director of football. Like, what's your expectations in terms of what they can or can't do this season? I'd say it's going to be a similar similar story at Bohemians this season, Raf. Um, I'm worried defensively, if I'm being honest about them. Um, they haven't they haven't recruited well in that area. Um, now, not to say, look, there's still a week to go, well, a couple of days to go before the start of the season. Um but they brought in a lad, Jay Ben, from, from Lincoln City, who went off injured down in the preseason friendly against Wexford on Friday evening. So that's that's, a, that's another, um, I don't know, another challenge for them now to get to, to get something over the line before Friday because they need it. They've brought in Paddy Kirk um, from Sligo Rovers, who, who's ultimately a left back, but he's been playing centre half. And um, they've lost James Finnerty to Sligo. They were 
they had um, Rob Cornwall in um, playing trial games, and he's not signed. Um, he's not signed for them. Um, so yeah, it's just defensively. I think they're going. They're they're not looking great at the moment. Now going up the pitch, it's looking really strong. I think Keith Buckley is a massive plus for them. I mentioned numerous times last year the lack of leadership within the seat within the team, and bringing him back is huge. James Talbot in goal missed a chunk of last season through injury, so he's going to feel it's going to feel like a new signing with him. It's just, I suppose, again similar to Cork, Raf, in terms of the where, the goals where the goals are going to come from. Dean Williams obviously comes in from Drada, still hasn't hit double figures in the League of Ireland. Um, James Akintunde as well. He's his strike rate. It's really poor for 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 an attacker. Now, having said that, his link-up play is absolutely excellent. And sometimes you're not gonna you're, a goal scorer isn't gonna score 10, 15 goals a year. Um, I remember playing with Gary O'Neill, who's who was brilliant with his back to goal and brought others into play. So maybe give Akintunde a little bit of uh, um, won't give him as much slack. Um, but yeah, I just think in that area, in terms of up, up the pitch, they've obviously brought in Dylan Connolly from Wimbledon as well. So that will add uh, add. Um, threat to their wings with Chris Twardek too so yeah it's just to see how, how how it all beds in like a lot of these teams are have signed players and some of them we don't know if we're being totally honest we've we, they, they've come from lower leagues in England or or from Sweden or Finland um Faroe Islands as well some team um Sligo Rovers has signed a very very promising attacker so yeah it's just going to be very interesting to see how the first couple of weeks of the season goes but I'd say Bows are going to be the type of team that are going to be the best of the rest if you know what I mean, in, in terms of the League of Ireland. Yeah, as uh, as Colin said there about goal scorers, Neil, I suppose, um, you know, replacing Georgie Kelly, that was never going to be an easy job given what he did in 2021. And of course, he moved on to Rotherham United then and kind of left a void. And even looking at their goal scoring stats last season, um, Dawson Devoy would have been one of their higher scorers before um, he left mid-season. So it's it's one of those things. You can spread goals around, I guess, but it's, uh, it is helpful to have that sort of regular um, striker who's able to, you know, in, in those sort of tight games where it's nil, Nil, uh, heading down to the close that's able to make a difference yeah and as Conan said I, I think Park City have the same problem this year um, and I don't want to talk both down before they visit Turner's Cross on Friday um, but they, it does seem to be the case that they've been on somewhat decline since you know the, the, the heydays of um, Long and Crawley when they were you know challenging up the top and, and you know I know they're winning derbies every now and again with Shamrock Rovers but it, it, they seem to have dropped down the table a little bit and, you know, Shelburne have clearly got stronger. Um, if you look at the bottom of the table, like Drogheda did very well last year. I, I saw them when they were in the first division. I thought they were a good side, unified group, and they seem to have kept that going. Um, Cork City will be like that, hopefully. They'll be like a Drogheda coming up when, when, when Drogheda were like that. They're young lads. They're, they're building on that. They have experienced guys coming in. All that being said, both still have those experienced guys that Conan has referred to, like Chris Chris Twardak is it was a great player. I think I, I think just out, out of the guys even he's named, and, and Cork City don't have that many guys who are experienced in the Premier Division, apart from the likes of Ali Gilchrist, who was a revelation down in Turner's Cross last last year. He was absolutely brilliant for us. We don't have that many guys who played in the Premier Division. So Friday night's going to be very interesting. For, it's only the first game of the season, but still, it's not live on TV. It does show you kind of what you're looking forward to for the rest of the season if one team gets beaten 3-0 you might think you know either you're jumping back the next week or you're looking for a long looking at a long season ahead where you're, you're struggling at the bottom and hopefully both of these sides aren't in that situation 
But I'd agree with Conan. I don't think either of those sides are going to be challenging and would be doing well to be finishing sixth in the division as well. As 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 much as there's good players in each team, the way it is, it's a, it's a good thing for the League of Ireland. There's very strong teams at the top. Uh, teams that have been consistent with their, you know, uh, recruitment. They've kept players, kept the strong players, and they're they're like Cork City have had to, I suppose, take a few chances this year. Not as many as they would have done in the past with players from Scandinavia. This, you know, three or four guys came in, uh, and we'll have to see these question marks. You know what I mean? I think they hopefully one or even one of them, one of them provides something. It'll be a plus because you just don't know. Um, but it is that kind of game on Friday. I, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to it. There's a big. There's going to be a huge crowd. I can tell you that it's going to be a huge crowd because Cork City back in the Premier Division. I have to just, <laughs> just, just wait for me on this one. Is 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 a, a brilliant thing. You know, we've been down the First Division for you know a few years now. The club has been in turmoil. We have a bit of stability now. We've a young group of lads who the crowd have you know really bonded with, and it's an exciting time. And it'll be interesting to see how, how they deal with uh, next Friday night, you know. Yeah, and uh, Bohemians, their first, uh, as the, the derby against Shamrock Rovers mentioned, the first uh, iteration of that this season, it's going to be the 7th of April. So um, they're the, that's going to be marked down on the calendar. Now, speaking of Shamrock Rovers, of course, they're going for a four in a row uh, this season. Now, I wonder, is uh, Stephen McPhail, the sporting director, allowing talk of four in a row? Well, he was also speaking to Damien O'Mara at the launch at City Hall last week. So let's uh, have a listen to him. How many times has four in a row been mentioned to you already today? Oh, it's incredible, yeah, I think. Taking that, uh, taking it all in. Uh, it's always said, probably since we won it back in back in the winter. So we're trying to trying to take away that from the players. They don't speak about it. To be honest, we're trying to just take take uh, every game as head on and look forward to the challenge. But just to talk about the group, they are a group that constantly want to break new grounds. Be that group stage football in the Conference League, the Europa League, the Champions League. That. I'd imagine they're not a group that want to emulate another team. They're a group, that, they're a team that want to look at that team in the '80s and go a step better. Yeah, because we, we've, we've heard loads over the last number of years about the '80s team and the great team and the great, the great fellas. They're always coming and supporting the team. They're all, a lot of them coming to the training ground, so that it is in our faces that way. And, and it's a good challenge. I think it's something that, as you said, our group are looking forward to trying to emulate and, and go maybe one more, but. The, the focus has to be on the daily stuff and making sure the standards are, are, are where they are and they don't slip because that's the most important. All right, so that is uh, Shamrock Rovers Sporting Director Stephen McPhail and it's not a case of don't mention the four. Um, anyway, Conan, four in a row, as has been said, is the is the target for this season and I mean, that's just kind of logical once you've done three and when as if they remain as strong as they appear to be that's uh, obviously logical to go for that now looking at the transfers that have gone in and out so Liam Burt coming in from Bowes then there's Trevor Clark who's returned from England Johnny Kenny on loan as well and uh, Marcus Poom the son of the former cult hero goalkeeper uh, Premier League cult hero goalkeeper uh, Mark Poom who I've actually weirdly enough interviewed in the past as well but less, <laughs> less about less about that than else. Marcus Poom is not a goalkeeper though by the way as well which is uh, kind of I probably found a little bit strange because you just assume <laughs> goalkeepers breed goalkeepers but anyway um, also on the way out of course significantly some talented young players Andy Lyons and Ida Moamaku and also Barry Cotter um, has also gone across to England as well so Conan looking at them you know the whole idea is building on uh, on a position of strength do they are they stronger than uh, when we left them in November? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Um, obviously, they lost Andy Lyons, but I think a naval replacement there is Trevor Clark. I think we've got to remember Andy Lyons played as a left wing back, and that's the position that Trevor Clark plays in um, naturally. And look, he's an excellent full um, wing back, full back, winger. He can take people on. He can play on the right. Remember his goal against Bohemians. You mentioned the, the derby a couple of years ago where he cut inside and put one into the top corner. I think it was up for goal of the season. So he's capable of of playing in, in a number of positions, which is obviously going to benefit Stephen Bradley. But the signings that he's made have been really, really good. But it, like, by the looks of things, Adam O'Maku's gone. He's brought in Johnny Kenny on loan, still only 19 years of age. Always said that they needed that number nine to score 15, 20 goals. Um, yet, yet they have won three in a row and they've got the group stages in European competition. So who am I to, who am I to tell Stephen Bradley? But um, I just think that they could even dominate even more with that number nine. And it'd be interesting to see how Rory, uh, how Johnny Kenny does. But I was just about to mention his name. Rory Gaffney had a wonderful season last year. So it's about, and we had a similar story last year about how he's going to fit everybody into the team. And I know it's a long season and there's, I'm sure there's plans to reach the group stages again, um, be it Europa League or Europa Conference League, which should be the aim. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see how he manages all that, uh, at which he's done remarkably well over the last 12 months and coming into this season as well. But interestingly enough, the last time, like Dundalk, obviously were on three in a row back in 2016 and Cork won the FAI Cup that year and won the President's Cup then 2017 and went on to win the league. Similar story. This could be a similar story this time around with Shamrock Rovers obviously winning three in a row. Derry win the FAI Cup. Derry win the President's Cup. Could be the same story we said to come come November where uh, where Derry are, are uh, winning the league again. Yeah, omens, and we'll talk about Derry City very shortly. But Neil, first, uh, just there, you know, Shamrock Rovers are playing Sligo in on this first weekend, and you know the. Departure of Aidan Keane is probably the, the big factor there. He was brilliant last season, not just in the league, but also in the European run, scored, scored a load of goals and he's gone to Cheltenham now. In terms of the, you know, the challenge of replacing him, obviously, the, the as Colin mentioned earlier, they brought in a striker originally from the, the Faroe Islands. But, you know, as, as mentioned with Bohemians, and then I think you touched on it with Cork City as well replacing replacing those goals, even if you're able to spread it around the team, it's very difficult to do. Very difficult. I, I mean, I'm sure Conan's been in teams where you've lost your key player. It certainly happened to me at Cork City a few times where we, we lost players. And you, sometimes you're fortunate enough you have guys coming through that are, are going to replace them. But quite often, if you lose your key player, you, it could knock you. Like, you know, it, with Shamrock Rovers, like the last few years, I felt in fairness, um, the likes of Ronan Finn, um, Gannon, um, you could go through their older players, these experienced guys who are delivering year after year. Stephen Bradley must take massive credit for this, obviously with McPhail and the others involved in it as well. But I, I remember, like Conan, remember a time when, when Bradley was getting criticised and people wanted him out. Uh, and he had been in maybe a year or two, maybe, you know, maybe even three years, I can't remember. And people were saying, time to cut now. And fairness to Rovers, they kept with him. They gave him a chance. And you don't always get that in the League of Ireland, as, 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 as we'll all know, right? It, you know, it's normally two years in your own kind of thing if, if you don't do what the, what the fans want or, you know, you're not getting the results. Um, and so you have to give, stand up to Shamrock Rovers and say they've been fantastic. Um, Sligo Rovers, I, I, I was sad to see their, their manager leaving last year, um, uh, Buckley. I think he's a man who, who would have managed you, Conan, right? 
That's um, and, and a great guy. I, I bumped into him recently somewhere. I can't even tell you where now. IKEA. It was IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? Just a great man of the league. Um, and and I think he, he was a guy actually at Sligo where you were wondering could he do with a bit more time? It could have it could have broken from. It's not you know people think perhaps he's a kind of lenient manager and but he was doing very well there as well. Um, so that's an interesting game to start the season, the two Rovers as as, as it is. I, I always have a kind of, uh, I used to hate traveling to Sligo. I'll, I'll be honest with you, from Cork, I used to hate it. It's the longest journey ever from Cork. You think you think it's shorter than it is. You think you're in Galway when you're there, you're not. There's another hour. But they're a lovely club uh, they, and they have their facilities. They're, they're going in the right direction in terms of what they're doing all around the ground. Uh, it seems to be one of those places uh, different to Cork in some respects. In, in Cork, Cork City get players get recognised and all that, but they're, they're you know there's competition from all the other uh, sports. No, no doubt there's competition in Sligo too. But I remember when you're on the bus, there was always this sign to the for the showgrounds, which was like a tourist sign. You'd never see that anywhere else in Brown. And so they're a real soccer club. Um, you'd wish them the best. They've been go- going well, um, but the Rovers game, I'm sure, would be a, a tough start for them. Yeah, and speaking of IKEA, um, Sligo Rovers with John Russell, with, <laughs> with Buckley's uh, successor, has brought in a number of players from Scandinavia. So Johan Branefalk from Norby, Lucas Browning from Lagerfeld, but also the returning uh, John Mann, who was at St. Johnston, and uh, he's returned to the club. Also other signings, James Finnerty, Danny Lafferty, Gary Boylan, and uh, yeah, Bogdan Vashtuk as well. And then Nando Pinacker make, uh, made permanent as well. Also Reese Hutchinson, who's arrived on loan from Cheltenham, and then... Kina is gone, of course, and uh, as mentioned earlier, Paddy Kirk, uh, Shane Blaney's gone to Motherwell, and then Adam McDonald uh, gone to Bowles as well, and Lewis Banks to uh, Arbroath. But uh, Conan, you mentioned Derry City there a little bit earlier on, and of course uh, we saw them last Friday night where they beat Shamrock Rovers 2-0 in the President's Cup uh, up at the Brandywell, and this is off the back of doing what was being talked about last season, which is getting silverware and using it as a launch pad, as we've seen Cork City do before. Um, also, uh, Shamrock Rovers did that themselves and you know when you look at them now and what Rory Higgins has brought in and they've made some really clever signings um how do you feel they're equipped to take on Shamrock Rovers now over a full season yeah I think they're they're well capable and I think that's it's it's proven that um I think the President's Cup was huge in just terms of that belief I know Shamrock Rovers like that they did they played dirty were brilliant on the night absolutely brilliant now I know Shamrock Rovers their team wouldn't have been full strength but having said that, just the way Derry played, the quality on the ball, their energy for a preseason game. I've talked about Adam O'Reilly so much over the last 12 months since he came in at St. Pat's last year and the energy that he brought that team. In. And obviously we'll talk about St. Pat's later on, but his energy levels are absolutely incredible. He must be one of the fittest in the league and him with Diallo in the middle on Friday were absolutely were a joy to watch. Um, and then you have Patrick McElhenney to come in um, as well into that midfield. Um, I just love the way they play. I like I like their the style of play, how they how they play out from the back. Um, they're wide men. They're so direct. We obviously saw Ryan Gray in the cup final. How good he was against Shelburne. And um, Ben Doherty has come in now from Larne as well. Played against Ben a few times, both in the League of Ireland and in the, the Northern Irish League when I was with Glenavon. And the change in him between when he was first with Derry to where he is now has been incredible. Um, the confidence that he has got from playing up up the north was has it's just been remarkable. Um, he can play in a number of positions as well at left back, left wing back, a bit like Trevor Clark, left wing. Um, but he's very much attacking, and you can like 
I'm a, I was a right side midfielder. I would have hated to have come up against Ben Doherty and Michael Duffy on that side. And I can only imagine that fullbacks and wingers on that side would be very uh, reluctant to uh, to come up against that those two on a on a given Friday evening. So. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing how they get on. Obviously, Colin Whelan, Jamie McGonagall as well up front. Um, Keane Kavanagh has done really, really well in pre-season scoring goals. He probably would have put him a third choice, but with the goals that he scored in pre-season, he started the other night. Um, Rory Higgins isn't afraid to, to make those decisions. You know, um, Obviously, McGonagall was flying for him last year, hit double figures, um, but Keane Kavanagh starts the season. So... Really interesting to see how it goes. Obviously, condolences with Rory and his and his family um, over the, the death of his brother, um, and I'm sure that's very difficult for him at the moment. But um, his team paid him back in, in with just rewards with a fantastic performance on Friday. Yeah, I think we all echo those condolences as well uh, to the Higgins family. And uh, oh yeah, I was talking. You mentioned Colin Colin Whelan there. He's still a couple of months away um, from a return from injury. I was talking to him at the at the launch last week and. Uh, yeah, he's looking forward to it. Obviously, he had a brilliant uh, last kind of three years uh, with UCD. But uh, Michael Duffy was mentioned earlier there, Neil. I mean, he was only he, he was only able to play a bit part last season, and probably towards the crucial end of last season, of course, uh, he did play he did play a role. But injury sort of in the middle chunk of the season sort of robbed Derry of uh, of his influence. So he's going to almost be like a new signing, especially if he can yeah. get a full season. It was a bit of a knock to them last year when it happened, wasn't it? Like, you know, they just brought him in and what a great player to bring in from, from Dundalk. Um, and he was brilliant at Dundalk as well, like, to be fair to the great. So, like, I, I think he's going to be a huge, like like you said, Raph, like a new signing. I Like, I always like, I think when Derry are strong in the league, it's, it's generally a strong league. I, I think Conor might agree with me. And, and they add something else to the league that, that the other clubs kind of don't add. They, they generally play good football. Rory Higgins, I, I, Conan would have came out against him again, was a very good player himself and would have played under Stephen Kenny at a time when Derry played a lot of good football, had a very good side. He's obviously rebuilding that, bringing a lot of Derry fellas back, the likes of Duffy and the other guys who were kind of spread around the league for a while. Um, that can happen, you know, when, when, when they weren't going so well. So, so credit to them. It, it, it throws it up nicely because we needed someone to kind of take over the mantle of maybe Dundalk for a while. Um, and I, I'm not sure what, what Dundalk are like now with, with Stephen O'Donnell this year. I'm not you know, saying they're out of it by any means, but it, it, it means it seems to be the case that that Derry are the main challengers going on last year. Last year was their first year, kind of with a strong squad, strong team, where they're saying, right, we're going to go at it. It always seemed too far away. If you look at my predictions at the start of the year, after last year, I did say that I felt it was the first, a bit too soon for them. But this year, like Conan's saying, you know, maybe not. You know, and and uh, you know, it's a tough thing to have to to, to win four in a row that like Rovers are going for. Um, you know, you, you're going to come across problems like Derry were going so strong up till maybe halfway through the year, even three quarters way through, um, that they, they could go again. Um, and it, look, it makes for a great year this year in terms of two teams really challenging at the top, um, and maybe the, the, the pretenders to the throne. Um, now Cork have to go there in the second game of the season. And do you know what? I'm hoping they get some kind of result against Bose. Um, so that they're going to Derry, you know, their heads kind of held high and, and maybe getting a point. And then I think they face UCD in, in the third game at home. So sorry, now I always look through a Cork uh, spectrum <laughs> with this. <laughs> and to be honest with you, we haven't seen Derry. I know Cork played Derry in the, in the cup last year, but we haven't seen Derry down in Cork. We haven't seen Rovers. We haven't seen a lot of uh, clubs. And it's very exciting from a Cork prism again um, to see these top teams uh, come. It was great to see 
at Lone and all the other clubs, don't get me wrong. And it, we had, you know, fierce competition. The likes of Longford were very strong, actually, last year. I know there's about a change, but but it's great to see Cork back in the in the Premier Division uh, and, and looking forward to seeing the likes of Derry come, travel the length of the country down to Cork, you know. Yeah, when we talk about the President's Cup last season, of course, it was Pats that were playing. It happened, won the Cup in 2021. And uh, of course, af- straight after winning that Cup, there was a huge amount of upheaval with managerial changes. Tim Clancy came in and it was a very inconsistent season, especially the first part of it. Weren't really in a conversation for league titles. And then it was just a case of trying to uh, keep their place in Europe. And they did quite well in the European run itself, of course. And uh, Conan, looking at the, the strengthening that they've done. So Tom Lonergan, who was brilliant, for UCD towards the end of last season and would have scored the crucial goal in the playoff final against Waterford. He's come in and Jake Mulraney as well from Orlando. Do you think they can push a little bit closer and, you know, closer, especially, and it was something I was talking to Clancy about at the launch last week as well. It was just, you know, less um, less upheaval and I suppose more a bit more stability coming into a season, fewer new players in, uh, more settled squad it might be a bit easier to get that run of consistency earlier in the season now. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm, I've, I'm excited about Jake Mulraney. Um, I think possibly he could be the, the, the not to say the best signing over the course of the off season, but certainly up there. Um, I just think with him and his pace and power, his ability on the ball, he's so direct as well. And just him and Chris Forrester, own Doyle in the same team, it's, it's, uh, it could cause a lot of, problems in, in opposition defences. Um, so I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, obviously, the loss of Adam O'Reilly, I mentioned already, will be will be big. But Jamie Lennon was injured last year for, for a large portion of that um, of the season. So with him back, um, full pre-season behind him was, is only going to do him good. And another experience, the club captain, Joe Redmond, who was absolutely phenomenal last season, still only a young man, and a um, bit more experience under his belt as well. It's that defensive area that I that I I'd worry a little bit about St. Pat's. Um, apart from Joe, who I think is real star quality, struggling to find anyone else that has that ability this, that matches him. Um, and in order for that to, in order for them to compete with the likes of Derry and Shamrock Rovers, I think they needed a, a, another strong, um, dominant centre half. Now Tom Gravosti is is excellent. Harry Brockbank Brock, Brockbank has come in and done really really well. Um. But yeah, I just think that they needed to strengthen in that area as well. But having said that, going up the pitch, I, I really looking really, really good. And with Mulraney, Tom Lonergan as well, coming back to the club. Um, Owen Doyle, you've Mark Doyle, Serge Atakai, um, They've got real attack and threat and they'll cause problems to opposition defences, like I mentioned. And Cohen, what's your view also on Dundalk? So similarly, um, obviously they were involved sort of with Pats in the whole managerial merry-go-round uh, this time this time last year. Less upheaval this time. And I was talking to Stephen O'Donnell as well at the launch and they, a lot of their signings they've made from outside the league, but in the UK. And a lot of uh, that's sort of like the core that they've uh, brought in. And uh, But arguably the biggest signing in a way, and it's maybe less to do with, with what happens on field, but the longer term structures of the club and trying to get them back where they uh, where they have been previously and where they want to go. Brian Gartland uh, coming in as director of football operations as well. So there's a good bit of change there. Yeah, but players that have that know the club and I think that's very, really important. I think he's going to be a big loss to him off the pitch, but they, by signing Louis Ansley, the Gibraltar international, I think he's got 35 caps, um, strong, a leader. Um, and they needed that with Brian Gone. Um, so be him and himself and Andy Boyle. They've brought in um, another another lad from Millwall, um, Hayden Muller. Archie Davis has 
Davies has come in from Aldershot as well. So um, strengthened defensively. But I think with a lot of people, like last year, some a lot of people spoke about last year about the Stephen O'Donnell's involvement in the transfer market not being good enough, but they finished third and did really, really well with the signings that they made. And he's annoyed for a player. There's no doubt about it. Um, Cameron Elliott has come in as well from, from East Kilbride in Scotland. Like So but we can never underestimate these lads. Remember Gary Twig coming in from Brecon City and look what he did to the League of Ireland. So you never know. Um, but yeah, I just, with with the player, with the off the field stuff is very important and bring it. And Brian Gartland going in as director of football operations is a huge move considering his business involvement outside of football alone so he, he knows how to how to run a business as well and he obviously um, knows Dundalk like the back of his hand he knows what a really good Dundalk setup looks like absolutely absolutely and it's and I think that as I said I, they'll, they'll push for Europe there, I don't think there's any doubt about that um, bringing in Conor Malley as well from Rochdale to strengthen up that midfield you've got Alfie Lewis Keith Ward the, 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 the skillful technician um, and Robbie Benson is still there a multiple winner so You've still have got that quality that they have from last year, but just because we might know the names that Stephen O'Donnell has brought in, doesn't mean that they're not quality. Yeah, and Neil, I suppose Conan mentioned uh, UCD at the top in terms of the, how difficult it's going to be for them, but that's a perennial thing, and Gerandy Myler knows uh, what the you yeah. know what the task is, and you know when you look at uh, as as we kind of mentioned at the top, how the table tends to break down. It's going to be hugely difficult for them because Drada United maybe were one of the clubs people would have thought maybe last season would have got dragged closer to them, but that didn't happen. They were uh, they were in that sort of middle pack uh, along the alongside the likes of Shelburne and then Bowes uh, slightly ahead as well. It's uh, it, UCD in terms of avoiding um, automatic relegation. It's kind of hard to see it at, the, at this point. But then again, they proved everyone wrong last season. Yeah, I do know what I wouldn't. In fairness, like you said, I, I, I wouldn't put them there at the moment. I, I think like last year you had Finn Harps and them in the league and you thought, right, it's between them who gets the automatic. But this year, like they, they stayed up. I know Conan said they've lost a few players. Um, you just don't know UCD. I, I've been involved in um, UCC, coaching UCC at, at various Harding level. And UCD produce players at every level that surprise you. And Conan, you, did you play UCD? Yeah, yeah, yeah came through there, yeah. So he's yeah. another fellow who surprised you, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, all jokes aside, Robbie Benson, you'd be surprised who they could produce in a year like that. So I wouldn't, no, to be fair, you know, on the other scale, like, and there have been years, even when I was playing, where they'd surprise the level, they'd jump a few places, you know what I mean? So, no, you do need experienced guys. You do need, you know, a good, a good. they need to be lucky with a, 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 a bunch of guys who can, can, you know, find their form in the first season. And that's a tough task for anyone, right? And so you are looking at that. But at the moment, I wouldn't, like, I just wouldn't put them into that uh, you know, space at the moment. Like, Cork City, to be fair, like, they have a lot to, to you know, to prove. Um, they did win the the division last year with a few games to spare, but in their games against Galway and Waterford, they didn't do great. They did like they didn't do great. They didn't, you know, they may have got a good few results, but towards the end of the year, they they certainly, you know, they were beaten by Galway, um, and and uh, against the bigger teams, they which would now be every every game, they they kind of struggled. Whereas they were great against kind of the mid. They got the three points away at home against the, the mid-table teams last year. This year, let's wait and see. I see Bowes near, or uh, not the bottom, but in the bottom half, perhaps. I, I, Drogheda, maybe. Um, and then we'll have to wait and see with Sligo. That's a lot of 
a lot of change in terms of players. You, you, they're, they're probably hoping for the other end. Uh, Shells may have looking to push on again, but it might be that there'll be five or six teams playing and, and quite close to each other and maybe not one that's that's clearly going to get down, you know, which would make it exciting, but I wouldn't like to be one of those teams from a playing point of view, you know. Yeah, and Cohen and uh, Drada United did really well last season in terms of like they were never really in, there was never really any danger of relegation from pretty much the start of the season. They were well away from that and, you know, finished uh, very solidly under Kevin Doherty um, in his uh, first season in charge. And, uh, but they have lost a few experienced names. So the likes of Chris Lyons and Dane Massey have moved on and the players they brought in are more of the youthful variety. Yeah, and a bit of change off the pitch too with Connor Hoey not being chairman anymore and the first lady chairman and or the only woman chairman in the, of the 20 League of Ireland clubs and Joanna Byrne going in. So that's great to see from um, from that point of view as well. Um, yeah, they've made some signings though, um, again, in, in, in striking reinforcements because obviously Dean Williams has left, Chris Lyons has left. So they brought in Jonathan Letty on loan from Shamrock Rovers, which is going to be hopefully he'll he'll do okay um and freddie's raper as well he's come on on loan from lincoln um and they needed to to strengthen in that area obviously with those with those players gone i think the biggest signing for them if i'm being honest is connor keely he's come in from balamina united um he was very much sought after up north i know a lot of teams were looking at him um but he just wanted to come back closer to home and and try to have got a a really good player. He wasn't he played at Cabinteely obviously and was doing okay but went up went up to Balamina in a really tough league and um, physical and strong and he's he's come back down here I think he'll do really really well this season and bringing in Sean Brennan from UCD is a, is a good sign as well he likes to get on the ball small in stature but huge heart um, and he's going to try and he'll probably sit inside along with Gary Deegan in the middle of the park to try and dictate play um, which will be interesting from, from a team that are sitting just off the bottom um, from last season um, so yeah Fiacre Pagel has come in from Forest Green Rovers as well in goal to create competition for Colin McCabe. So I think it's good business by Kevin Doherty and Dara Doyle in, in Drawdy United and uh, the renaming of the stadium as well to Weavers Park. Another string to the bow of Drawdy and what they're doing in the, in the local community. So great to see the, the work being done up there. Yeah, and let's talk about Shelburne, of course, as well. Um, Damien Duff, uh, he was also at the launch, and uh, I think, as mentioned uh, elsewhere, obviously he's been a, he's he's been a great uh, he's been a great addition to uh, to the league. Uh, last season, of course, they they reached the the cup final and uh, finished solidly in the in the league itself as well. But uh, just at the launch, uh, the, he had, the biggest media scrum was around him. I was part of that. There's a there's pictorial <laughs> evidence as well. Um, Eric White from the BBC put a picture out, and um, I don't think there was you know every. every every manager was sought after but I think uh, he was Damien Duff only stayed for a very short time got out of the building fairly quickly so everyone like there was just one opportunity just had to kind of go for it but anyway he was speak he was also speaking uh, to Damien O'Mara so let's have a listen to what Damien Duff had to say. From a personal point of view how do you enjoy or how do you kind of process the attention like even looking at the launch today the scrum of people around you upstairs when you were doing your, your newspaper briefing is far and above anyone else like is that something you're comfortable with something that you're aware of personally um that's probably the reason and no disrespect to you guys that i didn't want to come uh probably naive from me but i'm always the one to probably give the sound bite that uh gives the headline i don't intentionally do but it's just me being being honest um so do i enjoy it no um am i used to it i guess yes but i absolutely don't like being in the 
the media, the headlines, contrary to popular belief, regardless of me doing our team, what have you, all I do and where I'm most happy, happiest at is on a pitch coaching or on a touchline on match night. So then is your barometer of success as much seeing the development of players and seeing stuff that you've tried to implement work as much as it is, like obviously you're judged on results on a Friday night or judged on a league table at the end of the season, but is your barometer of success much different when you delve into it? Um, well, listen, I'm, I'd like to think a winner of hearts, so I still you know, dream about trophies, I still dream about Europe and get back to the Aviv and what have you, but here, as much as I love my career, I can safely say it sometimes, I'm sure Joey and the staff will agree with me, you might work on something on Monday to Thursday and it comes off on a Friday night and you win a game, here, it's not far off uh, scoring a goal in your career, it's an absolutely amazing feeling, so I just love coaching players and building a football team and like I said at the top of this conversation I think the, the team, the squad the club is in a much better place than this time last year Alright that is uh, Shelburne manager Damien Duff and he's not wrong about being good at giving people headlines, he gave me a very easy one last week as part of that <laughs> media scrum I asked him, um, just in the middle of it I asked him, you know, does manager does like top, you know, managing as the you know the, the head coach does it uh, change as a person and then he just gave, he gave the line back, I did something I was scared of and I'm thoroughly grateful, didn't need to think of a headline at all, just uh, paste the quote job done, <laughs> job done. So thanks for that uh thanks for that duffer but anyway um last season uh conan uh, as i said you know very solid placing in the league um seventh uh seventh in the league and then uh reached the cup final obviously that didn't go well it was a heavy defeat to Derry city but he seemed really confident at the end of that conversation with damien you know he has a very settled squad uh, again, gone for a lot of kind of young additions, but as he mentioned at the launch, it's more of a consequence of if you're going to pay for an experienced player, you know, Shelburne wouldn't really have the budget for that in terms of the investment that they might have hoped for didn't really come in. And uh, Paddy Barrett's the most experienced player they brought they have brought in um, over the winter, um, 29-year-old um, there. But um, Conan, how do you expect them to do this season, especially given that they have had that first season with them in charge and with Joey there as well? And, and it seems quite settled. Yeah, they've they've signed okay. Like obviously Paddy Barrett has come in, Andrew Quinn has come in from Drawd as well. Good good centre half. Um Keen Levy has come in as well on loan from Reading. Um and then Evan Cafferty, obviously from, from UCD, who's who did really, really well in that UCD team last year, grandson of of, of Theo Dunn. Um and they've signed in Kyle Robinson as well. Um so he'll be they needed somebody in attack. Now I don't know if he's the answer, but with Sean Boyd get hitting double figures last year. He'll need to do it again this year because we, there's nobody else that that could possibly, in my opinion, that could possibly get the double figures apart from himself. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen if he gets injured, suspended, um, or the like, because he's a really important asset, um, facet in, in in their play. Obviously, Jack Moylan was injured towards the end of last season. With all the work and energy that he puts into games was no surprise. I think the area though that I'm concerned with the most is the goalkeeper. Um and I don't want, I don't, I don't like doing it before a season starts and 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 putting emphasis on 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 Connor Cairns, but I just feel that when he left UCD and signed for St. Pat's, uh, Stephen O'Donnell signed him. He didn't play a game, um, and then he went to Galway, did reasonably well in, in Galway, and then the playoff game at the end of the season against Waterford, the three goals were 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 were, were all errors, um, so it's a huge vote of confidence on his behalf that Damien Duff wants to sign him um, and it's going to be a huge season for him in order to kind of 
pay back what he has what he has done so far in his career. Um, he did really really well at UCD. Um, really top goalkeeper. Obviously, loan confidence at St. Pat's when he didn't get a game when he went to Galway then and did reasonably well. But then in in the big games against in, in the playoff where you want your keeper to to, to come through and, and perform really really well, it didn't happen for him. So. That's the area that I'm really, really um, looking f- looking forward to seeing how he gets on. I really hope he does well. Um, and yeah, but Damien Duff's shown enormous faith in him. But that's the area that I'd, I'd have, I don't know, just a, a bit of concern about. Yeah, and that's all of the Premier Division clubs. Obviously, in the First Division also um, getting uh, kick-started also this season or this uh, this weekend, and uh, huge amount with Cork City gone. Obviously, Neil, uh, it's not there is a replacement from uh, from a neighbouring county now with Kerry FC coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's going to be a lot of goodwill uh, towards the club. Obviously, a new one, uh, I suppose, a, a new area for the league um, at, uh, within the top two divisions um, to have some coverage. And uh, I don't know what your expectations are for them obviously Billy Dennehy is, has yeah. gone in there as sporting director and is also uh, the manager and I was chatting to him as well uh, at the at the launch they're fairly realistic about expectations there you know they're not uh, there's no onerous expect- expectations on the on the squad especially in the first season um, but what what like what do you make of that you know their addition to the league I suppose and what you may expect from them firstly I think it's a very very positive thing I mean this is what you want to see the league branching out into areas that you know, today it has have been kind of untapped, you know what I mean? And when I was playing underage, we would have come across Kerry teams, maybe truly Dynamos or, you know, Clarny Celtic or whatever. And they were always very good, you know, they had players and then they, they, you, you, they you wouldn't see any more of them after 18. You're like, what happened to those guys that go playing GA or whatever? So this allows those guys who maybe aren't good enough to go to England, you know, in theory, and um, when they're 16, well, you can't do it anymore, right? Um, you know, to stay in the in, in, in the League of Ireland, it's a huge thing. Like Billy himself had to go across channel, came back, played with Derry and, and Cork. Um I, I, I listened to Billy that Billy Dennehy talk about um this setup and this idea. And I think they were very realistic with what they're like in fairness, Billy knows he's been traveling the league, he knows the costs involved, he knows the risks involved in setting up something like this. You don't want to be, with all due respects, you know, a sporting fingal or a, a, a club that go up and then come back down again. You know what I mean? Um, so so I think they're going to be, um, they're going to just take it slow. They're, they're an addition. They're a great addition. There's got, they're going to produce talent. I, I can tell you that for nothing. There's got, there's fierce talent to carry. We all know that as, as it's in terms of Gaelic football, it's there in terms of soccer as well. I can tell you that from firsthand experience when, whenever I did have to play down in Kerry, you just never see them after 18. And, and this might change that, you know, um, it'll take a few players from Cork, which, you know, is a challenge to Cork City. This, this was within our kind of, uh, our jurisdiction as such um, for a while. But I think it's a massive thing for 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 the league. You, you like to see more of it. You just you know, and and I think hopefully the people behind it and and you know, truly dynamos who kind of seem to have a, a big role in this have been around the game a long time. Of course, there's been problems previously in the likes of Kilkenny City, you know, Kildare, Kildare County. Let's hope that you know the FAI and whoever can give them as much support and direction as possible. You know, does that. Because this is the, the growth area that our league needs to take, both for men's and women's. And I think they should they deserve every bit of support for what they're doing. And, and, and I hope they have a good year, you know what I mean? Even if they, you know, 
you know, end up at, at the bottom of the league for a year or two, so be it. You know, uh, but uh, hopefully they, I, I don't think they will, by the way. I think they'll do okay. And I think after a few years, I, I could see them doing quite well. Yeah, and they're starting off against Cove Ramblers uh, at Mount Hawk Park uh, in Tralee uh, this Friday. Now, uh, Colin, I suppose, uh, when, you know, what Denny was saying to us, of course, there's the collegiate side as well. So they've linked in with the colleges, which is an important thing because, the, you know, they've got, they'll have a lot of young players and also with the amateur status as well. It's key to have those education, the educational side of it as well. But um, in regards to, you know, the, I suppose, they, they're, they know they're sort of going to be symbolic to, and there have been other clubs, as Neil has mentioned there, clubs that have come in and then sort of gone again, that, you know, there are other areas in the country, the likes of Mayo, elsewhere, and other areas maybe where there have been clubs and maybe where something could happen again. He's sort of realistic about how difficult the, um, you know, the route in and the, the whole licensing process is and how, you know, Kerry had to jump through a few hoops to, to even get to this point. So um, to, the whole there is the idea of a third division or third tier coming at some stage, but uh, it's going to, I don't think we can have too much expectations that a lot of other regions are going to be covered anytime soon, just with how onerous things are to even get to the point that Kerry FC are getting to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a bit like 3D United when they came into the league. They just came in and wanted to get their finances okay, bring academy players through, give a platform for players in Limerick to go and play. And it turned out really, really well for them. Uh, Tommy Barrow has done a tremendous job. And with Kerry, I think it's going to be hopefully pretty similar. Billy Denny, is, he, I've, I've done off, I've met a man that is so interested in football and is just so determined to succeed. And um hope he does really really well down there I've no doubt about it no doubt he will they've actually signed only this morning they signed Kevin Williams a former Cove Ramblers player who's been playing the lower leagues in Germany Leo Gax has come in from Sheffield United as well um, he's got he's a talent so they do have talented players and like Neil says their academy are doing really really well so they, they, they will have up and coming players but let's not get carried away I don't think they're going to perform don't, I don't think it'd be near the playoffs, for instance, in the first division. But that's not what it's about. It's about having football in in Kerry, and if and because it was so difficult to get teams uh, to get a Kerry team into the league, you're right. It is going to be difficult for other counties to to follow suit. Obviously, Monaghan uh, and Cavan have a, have are in the are in the lower leagues um, are in the academy levels. Um, there's Carlo Kilkenny as well that are in that are in the uh, the academy under 17s, under 19s. Um, but it. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to stop other uh, county teams or wanting to trying to get into the League of Ireland. And I think that's something that we need to be need to look at. We need to encourage teams to try and participate at the top level in our country. And if we do that and make it an easier process, well then, well then, fair uh, that that has to be done. Um, but but with Kerry in the league. It's given great platform for players in the Munster area. We've seen Cork now get in back up into the Premier Division. Waterford are probably are going to challenge. We'll probably talk about them shortly. But Waterford are going to challenge in the First Division, and then you have Treaty doing really, really well, um, and obviously now Kerry as well. So it's great to see that um, in our in, in the League of Ireland. Yeah, as you mentioned at the top end there, so Waterford, uh, you know, Danny Searle, what he said at the launch was they've no option really but to, to go for automatic promotion this season. Of course, they missed out uh, through the playoffs after losing to UCD in the decider last November. And uh, Galway United, John Caulfield's uh, Galway United are also going to be pushing again. They tailed off a little bit towards the end of last season. Finn Harps have come down and 
well, we'll see. We'll see exactly um, how things shape up for them. Can they sort of bounce back straight away? But uh, I suppose Neil, are they the are they sort of the trio you're expecting? Maybe with yeah. the likes of Longford Town and maybe I don't know about Ian Ryan's Bray Wanderers. We'll talk about all of those very shortly. But that, that in the shakeup, it's going to be that trio really pushing. Yeah, uh, first and foremost, I think so. I think I think John Caulfield did good business in bringing in Ali Horgan to the backroom staff from Finarps. I think he probably looked at it from a few, a few different viewpoints but they they need to they need to recruit a few more players they they had um they had a good season last year but they would have been disappointed you know that they didn't they, you know get promoted really um waterford were less i think uh, disappointed they they were kind of more this is their first time out kind of thing and 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 will be stronger this year so it, it it's it, it bodes up for a good season i i, I think from what I'm hearing about Longford, they've lost a good few players, so they mightn't be as as strong as as, as they were, unfortunately. Um, Finn Harps, let's let's see. Um, uh, other than that, Bray, yeah, perhaps. Um, in the division, Cove Ramblers are, are in a position just down Cork where Shane Keegan has come in, and and we'll see. They might may may get to the playoffs. Would be, be their I suppose goal really. It would be a, a, a tough ask to be honest. Um, having finished last year on the bottom, um, you know, Athlone were an interesting team last year. I actually went to see Athlone play in Athlone and their new stand, which was brilliant. And they were a different team in Athlone in the AstroTurf than they were down in Cork. I can tell you that. And if 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 you know they had a bit of potential, I'm not sure if they've kept their players, but they, they actually had, they were quite good. Um, so so there's there's lots to be played for. I think the favourites have to be in my eyes Galway. And I think anything but promotion this year for John Caulfield probably won't be acceptable, you know, because they, they've been at it a while. And I'd say John is aware of that himself. Yeah. And uh, as mentioned there, so Ian Ryan, I've, I had a good chat with him at the launch as well. He's gone to Bray Wanderers after a really uh, good period, 18 months uh, with Wexford. And uh, he's also brought a load of Wexford, uh, former Wexford players yes. with him as well. Brilliant. And there's James Keddy, who's gone from Longford assistant now to Wexford. And I think, They've as you mentioned, there. yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of merry-go-round. And then yeah. and Stephen Henderson's returned to management as well. And yes. he's uh, he's taken charge of Longford. Um, as you mentioned, at loan, um, they've stuck with Dermot Lennon, who was the sporting or director of football, and uh, he's um, he's been confirmed as manager uh, for this this season alongside his uh, his usual role as well. And then, as you mentioned, Shane Keegan, this time is going to have a full pre-season with Cove as well. So yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, Conan, for you, um, looking at that sort of uh, that sort of mid-table to bottom mix as well, um, how do you expect that to shake up, and who might be? Well, obviously, a couple of those will be going into the playoffs with the trio that we mentioned uh, before. But how do you see that kind of shaken up? Because it's a huge amount of change for a number of clubs. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm, I've been really impressed with Wexford, if I'm being honest. James Keddy has gone in there. He's done really, really well. Got a great result against St. Pat's, albeit it's kind of would have been their under-19s. But they did have Chris Forrester and a couple of others playing in the first game. And Jordan Adeyama, who who's been with Longford and Galway, scored a hat-trick in that game. And through a bit of business getting him in and they've signed really, really well. Mark Hanratty has come in, former Dundalk player that was with Longford last year. I think James Keddy brought a few of them down, brought Kyle Chambers down as well. Um, and a huge, couple of huge signings down there were Connor Leveson gone in from Bowles and then obviously Ethan Boyle, which is um, the Wexford, two Wexford natives now playing for the club, which is which is great to see down, down in the southeast. So I think they'll do pretty well. Um, Treaty again, we haven't mentioned them, I think, but with the likes of Enda Curran scoring goals the way he does, um, if he fires in all cylinders, you're going to 
they're, they're going to do well. Mark Ludden, um, they've signed Ryan Connolly from St. Harps, which is, again, a very, very good signing. Uh, Colin Conroy as well, a former Bowles in their age player. He did well last year. He probably just needs to, to kick on a little bit now. And Anthony O'Donnell has, has returned to the club, which is which is a huge plus for them in, in, in defensive area. Um, but yeah, Bray are going to be are going to be good. <laughs> I, I tipped Bray to win the league last year, so I, I don't know whether I don't want to say <laughs> anything about Bray Wanderers this season. But yeah, they signed well. I think the manager is doing really, really well. Ian Ryan, he did really well at Wexford, getting them off the where they were. They were adrift at the bottom of the first division and got them very, very close to the playoffs in 18 months, which was a, which is a huge achievement. And bringing in the likes of Chris Lyons, Dave Webster again from Finn Harps, Dane Massey. These are real seasoned pros, very experienced players. Um, but Jer Short, he came in from Collinstown last midway through last season and was absolutely superb for Wexford in the in in tore Dundalk apart in that in that uh, League Cup game, um, and or the FAI Cup game, should I say? And, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he gets on at the Carlisle grounds. But then Harps too, you know, there's, you could you could have a you could have a thing for every club um, with Dave Rogers and what he's bringing in. He's brought in a lot a lot of unknowns from from overseas as well, the likes of Tim Heimer, Philip De Silva. Um, I wonder how these players are going to get on. And as Neil mentioned, Cove Ramblers and Athlone, and, and they were obviously the, the two uh, worst teams in the division last season. But with Dermot Lennon, when he came in midway through the season, they they pushed on. They did really, really well. And they've lost Sammy Clark to UCD. Um, but Adam Lennon has come back, son of Dermot, and he's done really, really well um, as well. And then with Cove, got a fantastic draw on Friday night against Cork City. Um, they drew one all with them. They've and with Shane, you're going to get an organised team that are going to give your heart and soul to you. And it's just going to be, as I said, it's very, very hard to call. I disagree with Neil. I think Waterford will win it. Um, and I think Galway will will be will come up runners up against. Yeah, and uh, of course, as you as you said, Treaty United there, of course, they had a very good cup run last season as well. So I think an even bottle part of that, um, you know, and they, they were very solid last season, fifth place as well. So we'll see how that uh, pans out. So fixtures, just as a reminder for everybody for uh, this opening weekend, St. Pat's against Derry City, uh, 7.45 on Friday. Cork City against Bowes, that's the TV game, also 7.45 kickoff, and uh, it'll be 7.30 um, when the uh, actual programme starts on the on the telly. And then Dundalk against UCD at the same time, uh, Shelburne against Strada at the same time. And then on Saturday, Shamrock Rovers are at Sligo Rovers at the showgrounds to kick off their... Uh, defence and uh, their potential road towards the four in a row and then in the first division Wexford taking on Waterford Treaty United against Bray Wanderers Kerry's debut in League of Ireland level against Cove Ramblers Finn Harps against Galway United that should be a cracking game between two teams who should be contending towards the top of that division and then Longford Town at Lone on the Saturday so a Midlands derby to, to start off there so that's going to be uh, that's pretty exciting for the start of the season for those two clubs um now i did say there will be predictions um so uh we'll start with you neil you uh, you're we're, we're going to get your champions top four <laughs> who's going to finish bottom premier division yeah yeah um, premier division yeah i'm gonna go rovers again uh and Derry, dundalk um pat um although i changed pat i, I say shells instead of pat so it's a bit uh, Area, yeah, <laughs> um, what, what, what else do you want? Uh, no, <laughs> and I think you said automatic promotion anyway, so we, we oh, know, yeah, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. you said that already. And uh, Conan, finally, for yourself, champions, uh, top four, as in, I suppose, the, the European race, and then, um, also who's going to be uh, going straight down. I did say in my little stats earlier on about 
the President's Cup and FAI Cup and all that type of stuff. So, but going by that, I'm going with Derry City, Raph. Um, and top four then, obviously, Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's and Dundalk. And then automatic promotion, like I said, I think Waterford will, will get that. And uh, who's going down? <laughs> I don't want to say it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know you said it earlier, but it just you're, for, you're just trying to rub it in there. Right? Yeah, for the for the for the official for the official record that will be played okay. back. This sorry, time next sorry, year. Andy. Sorry, Andy Miner at UCD. <laughs> right. So, not Park City. That's all I'm saying. Not Park City. Leave it at that. Yeah, we've heard that one loud and clear. But anyway, yes, as we said, uh, one match on TV uh, this Friday for everybody to look at. So that's Cork City against Bohemians. We'll also be previewing the Women's Premier Division in a couple of weeks uh, just before the season kicks off. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one as well because uh, Shamrock Rovers have entered the league and also made some huge signings as well. And I was chatting to Collie O'Neill there um, at the launch as well. And uh, they're quietly confident, but, uh, you know, they're they're going to be taking it easy. Um, but anyway, that's it uh, for this week we'll be back with the uh the podcast next week conan and neil thanks very much for your time you. on what is a very Thank sunny fe- sunny february which is kind of yeah. unexpected very I guess, sunny in cork you don't you don't always have the curtains closed i think that's just <laughs> no, for the record though always 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 <laughs> but anyway uh thanks thanks very much for coming on this thanks, week guys. and uh, pod will be uh back next week